Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on? It is your boy, Sean Spencer, one half of that dynamic duo that's Let's Talk Football. And you see who's with me. My guy from steamy South Carolina, Will Kramer. What up, Will? What's going on, man? Happy Wednesday. That's right. It is a happy Wednesday. Let's go. <laughs> Victory Wednesday. It's a, it is. is. It's a happy Wednesday because we haven't had this in a long time. We get yeah, to talk right. about a win. <laughs> it's right. It's been a while. Definitely. This uh, oh, December was rough. Not a December um, to remember. No, it was not. It definitely so was not. excited for that, too. But, yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Washington Football Weekly, man. We are so glad you came here with us. Yes, oh, we're sorry, excited. Sorry, Kyle, but you are not first. See? Yeah, See? Andrew got it here. Wait, technically, Nate was first because Nate came in here, you know, when the when thing first kind of went up. So, you oh, know. He did. He did. So, but yeah, hey, we are excited. Yes, we did get the W. We, we, we uh, beat Dallas 26-6. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Our season is over, so we will be talking about this offseason because, uh, as you might have seen, there was a certain commander quarterback that, on his first pass, threw a TD <laughs> to, Sam, to McLaurin. Let's go! <laughs> Sam no. Howell, baby, all day. Sam Absolutely. Howell took command of that let's, game. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will get into all of that. Um, but I real quick, definitely want to shout out one of uh, our classmates, one of the guys we went to high school with. He was a year ahead of us. Eddie Hubbard. Today is his birthday. Diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. He was on Let's Talk Football um, about a couple years ago. Told us about his uh, business that's growing and doing big things. So shout out to you, Eddie, man. Hope you had a great day, my friend. And uh Hey, since we're not in there, and I don't want the Giants or Dallas to win, I'll say it. Fly, Eagles, fly, my friend. For you on your birthday, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're so much fun to watch. It's, I yeah. mean, if there's a team I'm going to tune in on, it's it's definitely them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, Will, you know why we're here, man. We didn't think it was possible at all. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, but we destroyed the Dallas Cowboys in Crush Week 18. Them. 26 to 6, Will. Yeah. I, I'm going to be very honest with you, real quick. I was kind of let down by this because when I saw them have all their starters in, yeah, I know. When I said I saw they had all their starters in, I was expecting the team that put up those 33 points in the fourth quarter against the Colts. You know what I mean? The team mm-hmm. that that was that worked us, you know, was passing all over us in the first game. This team was completely flat in, in the Cowboys. They didn't come out, even though they started their guys up to the fourth. I, I mean, they didn't look like they showed up at all. What do you think? Yeah, I, I was I was shocked too. Um, I especially when the fact that they decided that they were going to play their starters. Had they come in with and and not been playing Pollard and and you came out with Cooper Rush and they had their starting offensive linemen were in there. Um, CD Lamb was playing. And I was like, mm-hmm. what what is happening out here? This it was. They they laid a huge egg and I you know I don't know I don't know how Cowboys fans are feeling but I'd be nervous as all get out because yeah. I can understand motivation there was no not a whole lot of motivation you never really thought the Giants were going to beat the Eagles to, right. so that they would could win the division but they came out and played like garbage they were terrible they were terrible and see another part of again why I was kind of just like 
uh, it's a little bit, you know, if it wasn't for Sam Howell, it was kind of be an empty win is because not only did they play their starters, but we were without several of our starters. <laughs> Maybe a our lot. best defensive lineman, <laughs> Jonathan Allen, he wasn't there. Our uh, our draft pick from a year ago, Jamin Davis, he didn't play. Brian Robinson and Gibson both didn't play. We were down to Bonifin Williams and, and Jarrett Patterson running the ball. And then, obviously, the third-string quarterback, Chris Paul. And the offensive right. line, yeah. Right. Paul, I didn't know that Norwell was hurt until right before the game. What? Right. He's not playing? So that's why, I, to me, it was kind of like – I will always take a win and, and definitely with who was at the helm. And we'll discuss that a little bit later. I always take that. I always excited about that. And it was always something nice when I got, I get to sit there and talk to my Cowboys fans and be like, how we feeling? How we yeah, feeling boys? Are we them boys? <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, let's break this thing down. Like I said, they were flat. Um, and there's one part that I want to just, just put my whole thing on. And it was the special teams for both sides. Uh, the special teams were absolutely that special in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. We With them, you talk about anger, their punter, fumbling the snap. And, and Milo Eifler, Mr. Mr. True Mr. Irrelevant, coming uh-huh. in there and making a big, big play, which was solid. And then when we punt it uh, um, on, on the next our next drive after that, we punt it down there. Turpin fumbles it. We're able to get that. Start off with two short fields. And we were able to capitalize on one with a touchdown. The second one, um, not so much. But then you have to sit there, and this is why I'm saying it was special. Because at the same time, our punter, Tressway, did what he did. And he had three punts inside the 20. Uh, but he also outscored our quarterback, or out, out yarded gained our quarterback uh, by almost 100 yards. He That's had 319. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. It wasn't yeah. pretty. And then, then the the most special, and I mean that very sarcastically, the most special part of our special teams is that daggone Joey Sly, who's going to – you miss two field goals, mm-hmm. and then you miss a daggone extra point. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Now, it might be better than what we have had at some times because we got rough a year ago, and we know his leg that he has, but that in another game – would have reared his ugly head, and it has all year. Yeah, yeah, so. it was bad. He he had himself a really really bad ending to the season, oh, yeah. and and you know early on in the game, I was you know, not that I guess I mean I, I predicted us to lose, but I still don't like to see when if they're if they have opportunity for points and you you have opportunity for a rookie quarterback to get some momentum when you're not helping him out, you know that type of stuff. So yeah, it was it was a horrible game for 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 Joey, but you know who what it was. A great game for was our defense. Yes. Yep. And it was the recipe that we had in October and November that brought us back from from where we were, the depths of the of a lost season, to to being at seven and five because the defense was outstanding. They were shutting down Tony Pollard again. You know, they were shutting down the the pass game. Um, Although I don't understand why. That pick six from Dak. Why did he throw it back to the exact same place two plays right. in a row? That's a really head scratching. But that's play call. why. I, that's why I'm like, you guys, what was going on? Like, I'm hoping that you just totally overlooked us, like Janae tried to give me to believe. But that he two times in a row. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
but but the defense played well and and yeah. one of the the fun things about being out there was we were going to you know week 18 game when you're eliminated is you get to play some guys and one of the guys that that really kind of flashed was was our rookie safety percy butler yep who has not played anything but special teams just like last year's rookie safety Derek Forrest did nothing but play special teams so it's kind of interesting and ron mentioned you know we were actually game planning him to have a bigger role this season percy mm-hmm. butler he goes in the emergence of of Forrest kind of took him off the field mm-hmm. and so the injury to cam curl they put him in and, and he made some flashes he he plays downhill he yes. plays to be a thumper, you know. Yeah. He he's he, he's got some speed, so so that was kind of fun fun to see. Um, they praised the play of of linebacker Kaliki Hudson. Mm-hmm. We've been yeah. saying all year, like our our linebacker depth is terrible, and this guy goes out and and you know he makes some tackles, he covers ground, he you know Ron picked him out in his post game. I think he gave him a game ball to yeah. save for your play. So part of me is like, well, he's been on your practice squad all year. What what are we doing? You know, like, where, where's this guy been? Why haven't we been, you know, elevating him earlier? So there was some some good plays. We'll get into some of the other, uh, you know, uh, you know, other, other guys I want to highlight too. But but I was just – I was impressed with the way the defense played with some of these guys that you can call them no names out there. And it's like, hmm, they held their own pretty well against the Dallas starters. Exactly. And exactly. And, and, and sticking with the defense, I'm not going to lie to you. And, hey – Shout out to Jared. What up, fellas? I show up when we win. And I show up when we lose. <laughs> Left hand up, my Respect. friend. Let's get it. <laughs> Respect, man. But, yeah, I, I, sticking with the defense, I, I, honestly, with the guys out that we said, like we, we, a lot of the starters and, and we're down to Kaliki Hudson and Mayo at linebacker, we held them to 64 yards on the ground on 27 carries. Yeah. And, and Pollard under 20. You had yeah. what Davis had like 19. He was their second leading rusher. And then you had Dak. And then you had Zeke, who had the most carries with eight and had 10 yards. I mean, we shut that running game down to a T. Like, and and you couple that with three sacks. We got what, like eight tackles for loss. Our defense showed up and showed out. And I mean, even if they did start playing or revving it up, our D, especially at front seven just put a clamp on it. And that yeah. was something that I thought was huge. Um, another one of the things that I want to uh, address, and I'm not, I'm going to come basically back to you because it's something we've talked about with it being, this was, I don't want to say it was a pre like a preseason game, but you, you're, this is the first time you're going to get this many guys that are second and third string or rookies in a game at that same time. And I mean, look, we got to shout these guys out. I mean, we're going to talk about Sam Howell in a little bit, but I mean, let's 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 go right here. Percy Butler, like you talked about with the four tackles and the pass deflection. Then you go to Jahan, who has been obviously in contention for rookie of the year, mm-hmm. only had four targets with three receptions, but 72 yards, a 24 yard average. We've saw we've seen there's a bunch where Hamel, uh, Howell sat there and hit him quick and then hit him in stride. So then all of a sudden he's running up the field and it's like, woo, OK, OK, I love that. Our running game, we had what Williams, Bonifin, these guys who are, are young, but still being able to seriously move the ball on a defense that many have touted as a top 10, if not top five. So, and, and O-line, Chris Paul getting there. The fact that our rookies came mm-hmm. out and, and showed up, 
I mean, let, let's be honest. They said they played big when they were given the opportunity. Um, wh- what do you think? Because I, I was really impressed with whatever he's did. Absolutely. Well, and it's one of those things where – so I've been hearing a lot about Chris Paul at practice, mm-hmm. um, and it's been a lot of the players talking about him, saying, hey, this guy's kind of tough to go up against, you know, and so – but when are you going to put him in, you know, and some of it had to do – you know, we're in the middle of a playoff run, so you're not going to insert him, and no one was really that that hurt um, that we needed to put him in. So it would, these are these are very – advantageous situations, you know, mm-hmm. to, to play your guys and, and let them see. And Paul made some plays. He, he, you know, he, he made some good blocks. He got downfield a couple times, mm-hmm. you know, we did run the ball a lot. I think we had like 41 carries. And yeah. one of the complaints a lot from, from the, the analysts and media afterwards is like, seriously, you got a rookie quarterback in here and all we got was 19 passes. Right. Like, <laughs> like at the very end of the game, like, do you really need to run the ball three times and then and end the game? Or why don't you give him a chance in the red zone to, right. to try and score points? You know, they're like, because well, th- he needs this practice. Um, so I, I think that was, that's kind of funny if you think about it. Uh, but there were, there was a lot of rookies. John Ridgeway played well until yes. I think he tore his pec. They uh. said, so he's, you know, he's going to have a, you know, a slow start to his off season, but yeah. you know, Ridgeway got the start and was making plays against the team that drafted him. Yeah. Um, there was another defensive tackle. Never heard this guy before. Uh, p- potato or pe- yeah, yeah, potato. Yeah, <laughs> Benny Potoea. Yeah, potato. I saw the hair. I saw the. But he was around. Know. At one point, I thought it was. I thought he was Chase Young out there making plays. Right. Oh, is that, is that Chase? Oh no, that's that's somebody else. Okay, maybe this guy. guy. Right. You know, he kind of flashed at times too. So so it was great. You know, and 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 collectively, you know, that those young set of guys out there. I'm gonna take your stat. Four of 18 on third downs were the There Cowboys. we go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you know, that's huge. That's shutting them down. Yeah. So it, it was good. That that type of stuff is fun to see. You know, in a meaningless game, if you can see some of your young players making plays, you know, the Hudson flash. So you got Paul flashing. You got some of the young guys on defense flashing. We have a quarterback who flashed mm-hmm. many times in the game and yeah. showed the potential, you know, that, that he's got. So – we can walk away into the off season on a really, really big high, which is always nice. Um, and it's also in a trend that Ron's had the last three final games of the season. He's been winning Ron's teams. Don't quit at the end. We keep saying that, but you know, they play hard and there's a Testament there to get the guys that much ready to go for, for a game that doesn't matter with so many folks who are in there for the first time. So you do got to give some credit to these coaches for the game plan and, and installation that they had. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Jerry, we will definitely address this. Let's cut the malarkey because we're, we're very need to balance. Oh, yeah. That we'll is we'll a talk topic. about that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So stick with us. Uh, but I like this, what he said. I think something needs to be said that no NFC East team handled, uh, no NFC East team handled backup QBs really well. It's clearly affected the opposing defense. Oh, Rush, Minshew, Heineken, and Howell all got W's. Yeah, they, they came in, like you said, uh, they came in and they started and they did exactly what they needed to do. They took advantage of their opportunity. You talk about how um, how getting the W, um, Minshew coming in there, rush like you said, mm-hmm. and Heineke was five three and one. You know, shout out to those guys making the best of their opportunity, and and it also shows how much. I mean, the schedule helped no doubt, but it shows how much we've kind of turned things around in the sense that if all of us, even our second team is playing still playing well still playing up to par that's huge for the nfc east we're not the joke 
like we've been over the last couple of years. Right. No longer NFC least. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, what's up, guys? Nicole. Sorry, I had to admit. I rolled a dice in the game, but it came out as Washington. Okay. Okay. Had to, had to take you off the show for the first time because you talked about Dallas yesterday. But I still love you. Don't worry. <laughs> yo, yo. So, hey, like you said, it's a great game. Great way to end the season, beating our rival 26 to 6. But look, you know, let's let's move on because we talked about the rookies. You saw the jersey I had been wearing. I didn't get a chance to get home to wear it today, but I'm still going to rep my guy. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about our quarterback. We mm-hmm. have to talk about him because, like I mentioned a week ago, if we were able to get this W, regardless of how they played or if they played or anything, in Washington fans, he's going to live in Washington folklore because he was able to beat our most hated rival on his first ever game getting in there. So, Will, uh, you know I'm excited, but, mm-hmm. but talk to me. What what did you think about uh, his time in the game? Yeah, there was um... – I thought there was a lot to like out there. Yeah. Um, there was a there was there still was the same old same old where we had lulls, we had boring third quarter, you know, not moving the ball, second quarter, third quarter, that type of stuff. Um, and so the trends of the offense continued with him in there, mm-hmm. but there was there were some things in there that, that that I really liked. The first thing that I loved was he makes quick decisions in yes. there. And I think some of that also could be the play calling, you know, saying you don't, he doesn't have to scan the whole field. It's, is this receiver open? Is a receiver open? Is B receiver open? And yes, throw it. If not, we're running it, but he was decisive out there with the ball. So, and and, and you had to be impressed with his, with his runs too. I mean, he Mm -hmm. got countless first downs, third down plays. He got the first down. We didn't move the ball on offense by passing it. We got it through his legs. So so I certainly like that. He also made accurate throws. Um, you know, and one of the things the player said, just like they've been saying how Chris Paul was was impressive in practice, the wide receiver said, you know, he throws a really catchable ball. Yes. He hadn't been throwing to Terry all season, and then all right. of a sudden this week he did. And and the receiver's like, you know, he makes he makes good, you know, some nice throws. And what I noticed was with his quick decisions and, and kind of knowing where he, he was going to go with the ball, he was able to make them accurate and on time because he's got a strong arm. He can get the ball down there. And, you know, it was little things like that. That first touchdown pass to Terry, that's not a difficult route. He ran a drag, a crossing pattern right in front of him. He had to wait until he got open. But when he delivered him the ball, it was on time. It hit him in stride. It yes. hit him with enough zip that Terry caught it and took – took it upfield and was gone. Right. You know, Heineke's throws were a little bit of a lollipop to get there. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Carson Wentz could get the zip, but the accuracy might not have been there. He might have thrown it at his feet. You know, if, so he did – he was very impressive there. Uh, he, we all know we love that deep throw to, to Terry. That was, a, yes. that was a beautiful play. He hit him in stride. And yeah. before that, he hit Jahan on a catchable ball that Jahan right. missed deep too. So he showed off the arm talent there he really showed this guy belongs in the league yes. you know and I've, I've i've been critical of like come on guys pump the pump the brakes but at the very least he showed where i said you're gonna at least get a backup quarterback out of this guy mm-hmm. he's 100 percent there like he belongs in this league and, and and you know deserves to grow 11 of 19 169 yards not that much you mm-hmm. know but 
you know, he, he took what was given. Yeah, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, and I, I think you just hit the nail on the head right with that last one. He took what was given. That was in the passing game as well as in the running game. A lot of those runs, and even on that touchdown, like he, you know, some from a coach's standpoint could say he didn't let that play develop, but he saw it. He saw the hole. He made the move. He was able to make a move on one guy, and he was able to get that in. Now, my issue was there was times where it did look like he did think he was going up against college talent, and he did try to make some moves where, you know, like that first where he, he scrambled out to the right, and then you got you had three guys, including Micah Parsons, almost take his head off, yeah. where I was like, hold up, buddy. I know you got the you know, moxie, but yeah. relax. But that was one of the things I loved is that he stood tall in the pocket. You know what I mean? He was not – he. He didn't look like he was worried. We had mentioned a week ago that, you know, in practice, there had been times where he couldn't, you know, once he got rushed because of his height, he couldn't really look over the defense. And he was, he kept his feet moving. He stayed mobile. And like you said, when it was time to go, he went. He didn't think too much. And that's what I absolutely love that he did. Um, another thing that release, that release on that ball to Terry McLaurin, uh, when he went deep down the sidelines, it was the decision. It was foul get it right to him. And he said, even in the interview after, you know, I threw it out there. I saw him streaking and I said, kind of give him a shot, but it wasn't like Taylor Heineke where it was an F it. I'm down there. I'm just going to, like you said, a lollipop, throw it up. It was on a line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right over his shoulder with the safety in the corner trailing and he, he, he able to get him in there. So that I, I absolutely love that. Um, and one, like I, like I mentioned a week ago, decision-making. That is something that I was really looking to see because that has been something that we've had an issue with, with Heineke and with Carson Wentz. So him, excuse me, him, uh, how being able to come in there and make the correct decisions, get the ball to where they needed to go. Um, I loved it. The play calling. I liked like that first TD pass. I thought that play calling was great. You had trips over to the left. You had Logan over to the right have him run a straight fade, and then the running back kind of run out in the flat, which opened up the middle, and then you see Terry make a move, and then mm-hmm. it was wide open. But even if you look at that, uh, Howell's looking at him, and as soon as Terry puts his foot in the ground and makes a move, the ball is out. So <clears throat> McLaurin's catching it and, and running right in stride. The Jahan one, he's sitting here catching it, and, and there's no motion. There's no extra motion. There's no stoppage. He's catching it and 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 and, and um, ready to go. So yeah. I was lo- I loved what I saw. I loved that he was not afraid, even on that interception. And that's a learning. That's a lesson learned. That's why I put in my notes. You, you're gonna learn that. Hold that ball. You don't need to do it because there was two other situations that he could have thrown it when he was going down, but he did hold it, and I thought that was a lot better. Um, that he that he was able to hold it because he should he could have thrown it. Uh, we got Jack over here. Terry had a big third down drop that would have made it. 50, uh, we'll go on fifteen or twenty. True. Yeah. Yep. We was coming across. Uh, what about that interception in the end zone? Yeah. That that I, this is where I'm going to say there was moments where he did look like the rookie. There was yeah, moments yeah. where it looked like okay, you should have held that one, or okay, you know where you made the decision a couple plays earlier to take off and run. You probably should have just taken off and ran there. You know what I mean? Or hit the check down guy. That's This is the first time that he's getting live NFL action against a good defense. All in all, I think it went well. Um, mm-hmm. With that being said, it was I – still, I still have to harp on the fact that I don't think Dallas showed up 
like they were like even we thought they would like I don't think they showed up to play in this game so I I really like I told you I'm just gonna take this with a grain of salt I love my guy and I'm excited and if you push me I'm gonna say it start Sam Howell in 2023 but (laughs) with that being said I, I we still like you said have so many we have a number of other issues so I I am uh frustrated uh, uh, that Dak did lose the game, that Dallas did kind of play poorly because yeah. I don't want us to all feed into this one thing. You know? Well, one of the things they talked about, I was listening to uh, Logan Paulson. I think uh, I listened to him Monday, but he, he said it on Sunday. He was like, you know, Dallas played some of their starters, but they didn't do many exotic defense uh, blitzes yep. at, at how, and he actually thought they would if when you see them out there. So it, it sort of was like we talked about, like were were they were they treating this like a little bit like a preseason? Well, we're going to play. You're going to get your runs in, but but don't get yourself hurt out there. Right. Um, um, type thing. But regardless, and you know, I think we do need to uh, um, recognize the game plan worked for for Sam Howell. They made it simple for him to see. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm alluding to with Jared's talking about. Is we made a a game plan where it would be successful for a rookie to not cloud his mind with so much that he's got to think about it literally is like that that great play to Jahan it was he could kind of watch him the whole time because that was his number one read and if it wasn't Mm -hmm. there he was going elsewhere and they set that up really well why did this not save Turner's job because why didn't he do that for Carson Wentz who struggled too at reading the field you know like if you could do this for a rookie why were you not doing this for another quarterback setting him up to to be successful and he didn't um but no so he showed a lot a lot of potential so, all right, Sean, here's my question to you. So we saw this game. Mm-hmm. What do we do this offseason for 2023 quarterback-wise? So, uh, first and foremost, you, you, we pushed out Carson Wentz. We know that didn't work. I'm going to yeah. recoup that money. Save that money. I, yeah, save that money. Then I think we have, obviously, Heineke, who is a fan favorite. We're going to have to put some time into him, some money into him because I do think he's a quality backup and he's proven he can get in there and do it. Sam Howell, I do obviously after this, this game for Sam Howell was the Tampa Bay game for Heineke. It's opportunity. Yeah. We saw what he can do. They might not have taken us that seriously, but still you have him, you know, moving the ball around, looking confident. You know, when it's time to move, he's moving. When it's time to stay in the pocket and hold it, hold it, hold it, and then and then let the route open up, like on the touch, the first touchdown. Good, he can do that. So I do think we need to. He's earned that. Um, and then you're going to have to look somewhere. Maybe we get somebody late in the draft that's you know designed to be a second or third. Maybe we see what the free agency and all that stuff works out, and potentially get somebody for cheap or something. But in my opinion, I think right now you have to let these two come in here and have a competition unless somebody falls in your lap you let these two have a competition and you build up the rest of the team you put that what that the 28 mil that we had you put that in to getting more depth on the linebacker and the safety and the d-line or getting a big time player at those positions so that we can you know not have to rely on scoring x amount of points our defense can show up so i i, I want him staying He's not the he's not the one hundred percent instant starter. If that if that's what you're looking like, asking definitely not because I want to see it consistently. I've seen a guy flash for one game. Mike White for the Jets flashed for one game, and then what has he done after that? You know what I mean. So yeah. I want to see something consistent. I love it that I got to see this, 
But uh, yeah, one, I need something more, a little more consistent. So, so you said Sam Howell can be a part of the mix. You you say resign Taylor Heineke. He's a free agent, and you say draft somebody late. Is that what you're saying right now? Yeah. Um, all right. And, and so, like, it's January 11th. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, my my our, my ideas are probably going to change on this like a bunch of times. You're right. Because I think this is really difficult, you know, because he showed something, and it's like, did he show something enough there where, okay, you know, the the greatest asset that you a franchise can have is a quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah. And we got this dude on a on a fifth round pick style contract. He's cheap, 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 cheap. Right. All right? right. He doesn't have these escalators that are gonna, you know, kick in in years three, four, and five where he's starting to make starter money. So it's like, okay, you know, you think about the fact that uh, you know, Dak wasn't heralded out of Mississippi State as a right. NFL starter. And and he's and he's turned into something, you know, franchise quarterback for that team. So it's like, I want to be careful that we don't draft over this guy yes. or sign somebody over this guy and stunt a chance for him. Right. Um, and, and so, like, I, I'm really torn as to, like, what do you do? Um, I'm, I, I don't know what I think about Taylor Heineke coming back because, one, now that he doesn't have his, his, his coordinator – is he mm. going to know where to go with the ball and, and be the same Taylor that we've seen? Plus, we've seen this show from Taylor. Yeah. If, if, if the reason why he got benched for Carson at the end of the season is because he can only take the offense so far, why do we want to give this guy a chance to start us off? Right. You know, start right. the season off before, you know, Howell's ready. You know, so it's like, I don't know if Taylor's the answer, but, you know, I started going through some of like the backup quarterbacks or guys who, who could come in and, you know, none of these guys are going to excite you. Like, are you going to get excited about uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo? All right. Who's capable. Who's very capable. You know, a Gardner Minshew, a Jacoby Brissett, Brissett, sorry, a Cooper Rush. Did we go out and get Cooper Rush? Let him play. You know, uh, you go after like a Sam Darnold or Jameis Winston, you know, someone that, that can start for a little bit until, you know, but I also, like I said, I, I you know, so I don't, I don't want to go after the Derek Carr move yet. I don't think we need we should be trading assets and prohibit our team from from getting better the way we did with Carson Wentz. Where I don't want to give up draft picks. Right. I don't necessarily want to give up, um, you know, uh, a bunch of cap space on a guy. So, like Jared saying, you know, Derek Carr is going to cost money. It's going to be it's going to be you know draft picks. It's like I want us to to kind of see what we got in this guy. Yeah. But I also want to remember, Nathan, that's not even serious. Get them out of here. Um, <laughs> I also want to think about this. He had a really big game. He had a good yeah. game. He showed a lot of excitement. You know who also had a, had, a, had a game that showed a lot of promise out there? We already talked his name. Benning Potato. Yep. Potuia. Are we going to say because Benning showed some potential in that game that we should let Deron Payne go too? No. Because no. we got one guy showing potential, so let's let this guy go. Just like because Sam Howell has shown some potential, we need to throw him in there. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's a really uh, it's a really tough conversation. And honestly, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Ron and Martin and Marty in making this decision. That's kind of the worst part about this. Well, and that's my issue. That was the whole thing that I the whole feeling I had before the year was as long as we're still in this regime. You know, under Dan, under you know, Ron and these guys, 
we've seen what happens. We've, we, what's our, one of our main things in the offseason is roster construction. Mm-hmm. And we see how they put together a roster. We have not been able to keep a, a healthy starting five on the O-line for the last three years that he's been there. And, and I don't know what you're bringing in these guys that have injury issues or are seeming to get hurt. Like, what is it that, that you're seeing that you're continually bringing that? And so then having him, having Sam Howell play behind that, it's just a recipe for disaster, like you said. Like, yes. I don't want that. I don't right. want him to go through that. And that was my reason not to not wanting him in from day one. You know what I mean? Um, but right now, I I feel like, like you said, we, we gotta we gotta give we have a we have to my mom always used to say to me was let your yes be yes and your no be no. Stand firm in what you what you say, and so people won't think you're swaying back and forth. If we're gonna give him a shot. Go all in, give him a shot. Build up around him. Build that O-line. Build that linebackers and defense and all those different things. We need that. Hey, right here, Jack saying, 16 picks is going to be a starting LT. If we can get a Paris Johnson, if we can get one of these guys that can that can hold down the fort, great. Cosby, move him into guard. Cool. Right. Let's start working that out. And if we have one guy and we're not cons- consistently saying Fitzpatrick, um, Carson Wentz, you know, all these other quarterbacks, we're sticking with this one guy. Let's stick with them and let's ride that. Let's get the other necessary pieces, give him the opportunity, and and let's try it. Let's see. This is why we drafted him. If had he got drafted a year before, he was a top five pick. Like mm-hmm. he was up there because you now, albeit he had that talent with him, but still, I mean, this man started as a true freshman and still holds records in, in North Carolina for passing. As a matter of fact, his 92 TD passes during his tenure was the most in college football through those three years that he was there. You know, the guy has talent. He believes it in the interview after the game. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. well, how do you feel going into next year? And he, he didn't hesitate. He said, I want to be the starter. You know, I'm trying to be the starter. I like that. Yeah. You know, shout out to Ty- Taylor Heineke. But Taylor definitely had times where he's like, well, you know, I'm just going to rely on whatever coaches do. And I just want to take the best of my opportunity, which is great. You're professional. But Sam said, I, I'm going to be a starter, period, point blank. I put that on tape. Now it's up to you guys. I say we got to stick with somebody. Now, I am tad, tad bit biased, ladies and gentlemen, a tad bit biased. But I just – two years in a row, we've gone after a quarterback. We've signed a quarterback, and it has not – hasn't worked out. And we've overlooked other positions that we potentially should have got, uh, addressed. Let's address that. This is it. If they don't let go of Rivera, we'll talk about that later. This is it. This is year four. Okay. There needs to be serious improvement or bye. We're, we're not doing eight, seven, and eight wins again. Because the NFC East, the way it's looking, ain't going to get worse. So we need to move up with that. So, I mean, that's my thing, man. Let's, let's, let's build around and let's see. But, again, January 11th. We'll see what happens right. in a month right. or two well, months or three, you know. Right. When when rumors come out as who else, you know, gets cut, you know, Tom right. Brady moving on. And, of course, you know, TB12 wants to come to D.C., I mean, Terry and all that stuff. Why wouldn't he want this to be his of, sunset of course, team? Of course. Yeah. Well, you know what I also think is really important with, with Sam Howells? We got to get a veteran in there to help teach him. Yes. You know, and I don't know if Taylor's that guy, um, especially if, if you got – I mean, we need to have two guys going for the starting job. Without a doubt, like at, at a bare minimum, Sam needs to win the job in training camp from somebody. And, you know, 
maybe someone like a Jimmy G or Jacoby Brissett's been in the league long enough that he, he could mentor him while out right. there. I don't know what's going to happen in, in Tennessee if a guy like Ryan Tannehill would be someone who could be, you know, his contract right now is bloated. So I don't know what would have to happen with that. Um, and again, I also don't want to trade assets, you know, for Ryan Tannehill just because right. you can mentor somebody to take over um, the, the team. But you just mentioned something that's really important. This is where it kind of clouds everything is this is going to be Ron's fourth year. If he already said year three was a was a need to show up, what's what's year four? Mm. Year four is going to be if I don't make the playoffs, I'm out of here. Mm. So is Ron going to be willing to go into a a uh, an off season with right. with Baker Mayfield battling Sam Howell to yeah. be his starting his QB one? Right. You know, or is he going to say? Okay, I failed my in year two getting my quarterback. I failed in year three. I'm going to have to go all in for this guy. So I got to go go find someone. So let's let's actually go right to that, Jack. You're kind of getting my my right there. Would you make a trade for Justin Fields, knowing that they liked him last year? I, I don't think I would. I mean, I. I, I mean, I, I think we I think we could potentially get him. He could be affordable, if. But first and foremost, is Chicago willing to or even trying or even considering getting rid of him? You know what I mean? We know they have a lot of money uh, in the cap, and they have uh, the number one now draft pick and, and a bunch of other ones as well. I think they have like eight draft picks. So they don't need to make that move. I think he's their foundational piece. So I, I, it would be great to have him here. Um but I mean, I just I think that just lends to what we've been doing over the last couple of years. Let's just take this shot this year and go get it. Yo, we're going, we're going fishing. Caught one. Up, up. He didn't work. Throw it back. You know, it's not. Stick with one guy. We have one of the things that we need is long term stability at quarterback. Well, you're never going to have long term stability if you continually are looking. Okay, who are we bringing in this year? Who are we bringing in this year? Who's going to do it? You drafted this guy. Taylor has worked for as far as the system, and I know that was Scott Turner, but he's there with, you know, guys that he knows let's, you know, that, that, that could benefit us. But I just, I just don't think it's a smart move to continually do what we've been doing by, you know, let's go out and see if this guy can be our savior. Right. Yeah. Well, and Ron has said, if you, you either do one of two things, you go get the guy so that you have him and you build around him. Or if you don't have the guy, you build all the pieces and then you go get the guy. And the thing is, I don't think we have enough pieces built up around. You know, the defense made a, made a good improvement this year, but they've got holes. And, and yes. we're going to get through to them, to them soon. And it's, a, it's easy to point out where our holes are. The offense has skill players, mm -hmm. but it's really missing some offensive linemen to help out. And so I don't think we've built that enough to say, okay, yeah, now we can mortgage the future to go get that 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 quarterback because now right. we're all set up to go we're the the la rams let's go trade golf and our next two first round picks to go get stafford because we're ready to win a super bowl right now we don't necessarily have that roster the other thing is while it's it's fun to play this would you trade stuff do you think chicago's going to go from number one to 16 or what are we going to have to give them for them to drop from one to 16 and yeah. give up they're you know they're franchise quarterback like exactly. it's gonna be a bigger ransom than uh than what rg3 got you know right. what the rams got for that so i just i don't 
I mean, I would feel I'd feel better for Justin Fields. We put him in a whole lot better situation with the receivers we had, with a run first offensive philosophy. He'd be much more suited to it. But it's gonna take a lot, a lot for us to to give that up. And see, I think that's 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 the point that we've been trying to make is that we continually do this. I mean, we saw what happened in 2012. We gave up all that for RG3 to get here. And then let's be honest, he gave us two years, you know, and technically a year, a year. and a half, you know what I mean? If that. So I'm I'm tired of I mortgaging the future. Like you said, we know what we need to look at. We know the positions we need to get. Let's focus on getting them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Point period, point blank. If if Scott Turner, we're gonna talk about him, he's out. Then you get somebody that's going to run your offense, but that can work with a younger guy, younger quarterbacks. Let's do that. But I just feel like there's so many different holes, and and we're not like you said with the Rams. We're not win now. So, so I don't I don't need to be playoff contender next year or shooting for the playoffs. I would be nice, but the other side to all this is where we're drafting. We're drafting what 16th. The year the year uh, before we were drafting what. Um, we were drafting 11th, 11. but we ended up moving back to 16th when we traded with the Saints. Now, albeit we got Jahan Dawson. The year before that, we were 19th, right around that that middle tier of draft picks, and we're kind of hoping, you know, we got lucky with Jahan. Jamin, you know, still a little bit to be desired. I want, if we're going to go all the way, let's get a pick up here and make a serious pick or build up. Let's trade out of that first. Let's get, you know, get some more trade value you know, kind of like we did with that uh, pick with the Saints. And let's let's build because I honestly think it doesn't matter. Everybody says we have all this talent. It does not matter if you have every bit of talent in the entire world. If your quarterback does not have the time to throw mm-hmm. it and your running backs are getting stuffed because there's always uh, penetration, there's a problem there. And we need to address that. Yep, yep. I love this this question by by Jack though, I do, and and it's it's a great question. Why is Ron going for a run first offense? We've put what they said yesterday makes no sense because what did we do all off season? We traded for a quarterback who could stretch the field. We drafted a wide receiver. We drafted a a pass catching tight end in Cole Turner. That has nothing to do with like. So why are they? Why are Ron and Martin uh, Mayhew saying we need to be run first? Uh, the only thing I can think about that is basically saying that their thought is with like the Taylor Heineke type quarterback with the Sam Howell, with the Jimmy G, with uh, mm-hmm. someone else out there. If we limit how much the quarterback has to win for us, then that, you know, and if we rely on, on ball control, we're just we're relying. We're limiting the amount we have to rely on the arm of a quarterback and let, mm-hmm. let the kind of team develop. But I don't love it. It's too old school. But we're we're going to kind of get into that soon with, with Ron. Yeah, well, we and we'll we'll see how this plays out. Establish the run, um, then the pass. Hey, look, Ron has what is successful to him and what worked for him in Carolina was the run, creating the you know play action and and getting the deep ball, having good defense. Um, we we know you're he's a defensive coach and he got his buddy Jack Del Rio in there, but we have struggled that we did end up pretty well um, on on defense, but we did struggle throughout most of the year. But yeah, let's just. Let's make the decision and let's move forward. But as far as our guy, shout out to Sam. <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out to Sam Howell. We're gonna we're gonna give y'all a quick little breather, ladies and gentlemen, because we're gonna break it all down. We're gonna talk about this season 
what our thoughts were as opposed to what we might have thought a couple months ago. But uh, yeah, we will be right back. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. There it is. Yeah, buddy. We are back Washington Football Weekly. I'm Sean Spencer. That's my guy, Will Kramer. And ladies and gentlemen, the season is done. We are finished with the year. We did not make the playoffs. We fell a, about a game, a game and a half short. Uh, we went eight, eight and one in this season, ending going one, three and one um, over the last uh, four, five games. And it, it might not be the way that we wanted to end it. Uh, we had some very good moments in that middle where we got some victories that uh, might not have thought we were going to get and some that we almost didn't get. Um, but it, again, we were battling back after a, a tremendously poor start. So, Will, 8-8-1, eight, eight, three different quarterbacks. Um, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I'm pretty darn disappointed. Um not just because of the record and not making the playoffs. I mean, you and I had said nine and eight and teetering on 10 to seven, and but we could also be a couple games below that too. Um, <clears throat> I think what has me disappointed was you mentioned three quarterbacks started again for us. Yep. You know, we have had nine starting quarterbacks in three years. And before that, we had even more when we were the Redskins. So, you know, so it's like, my gosh, we, we can't get one guy – to play 17 games. Like, come right. on. Right. So that part's frustrating. But what, what really got me frustrated is Ron mentioned it at the beginning of the year. He put the pressure on himself this season. He said, year three, time to show up. Time to show that you made a difference. You know, and, and here we are, just like last year, you know, we were set up in December with some meaningful football games. All right, hey, win a couple games and you're in. And we went one, three, and one to end the season, you know, we, we were seven and five yeah. and, and end up eight, eight and one. We had a chance where you win one game and, and, and you're setting yourself up to be in the playoffs. And we yep. have a huge clunker against Cleveland. And yes, the quarterback play was terrible, but there were other parts of that, that game that were terrible. Yep. And so, I mean, thank goodness Sam Howell comes in and like, makes us feel good about the, right. the final game and, and going into the off season because honestly it's like it's just a big disappointment disappointment that okay Ron you've now had three years to be to be in control of this team. You've had three drafts here. Mm -hmm. What have you brought in football wise right. to improve our team in a, in a big sense? Because you've you've helped us clean out some of the riffraff. You know your your owner still makes headlines for stupidity stuff, but you've, you've cleaned up some of the culture stuff. You've, you've kind of, you know, you made us a little bit less of a joke of a franchise <laughs> football wise. The business side is still terrible, still terrible, but let's also look at the last three years that you've been GM and who you've been bringing in and how many of his guys, what the, what the, the junkies say last week of the guys that were selected to the pro bowl. None of them came from Ron Rivera. They hmm. were all Redskins. Oh, wow. You know, Jeremy Reeves, Jonathan Allen. These guys are all – Tressway, all Redskins. Yeah. yeah. So Ron's had three drafts, and, you know, we've got a couple pieces in place there. Jahan yeah. Dotson looks good. You know, the, you know, Jamin Davis is emerging a little bit. Cam Curl's a good player. So it's not that he hasn't brought in good players. Yeah. But in your third year, 
you want to see a bigger trend and a bigger arc than what he's got. So it's it's a pretty disappointing end to the year. Yeah, it is. And I just felt like we we had opportunities. This this year to me is about all the missed opportunities. I mean, obviously, you can start with the three separate quarterbacks. And, you know, again, like I mentioned on my last part, putting all this hope and all this faith and getting a quarterback and he's supposed to be our savior. He's supposed to be the guy without even really breaking it down. Like, is this guy, does he fit for our system? And, and, and I, you know, I, I sent you the, uh, the the clip of us talking about Carson Wentz at OTAs. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people came after us because we were saying, you know, he looks like he's struggling. It looks like he's struggling. Well, what we saw is that, yeah, he was struggling. Yeah. He was struggling to pick it up and he just, it never kind of worked itself out. It, it just frustrates me. I mean, you get to the part, the first part of the season, and you just the Dallas game. We know the penalties came in, but that Eagles game, you know, one minus that second quarter, we did look decent, but we couldn't get anything else to really build up on. You know what I mean? That first half, I was in Detroit. That first half of the Dallas, the Detroit game was awful. That was, just, I mean, we were a joke. You know what I mean? We couldn't get anything done, and. It just those kind of missed opportunities. The Vikings game. I mean, the fact that I had to sit here and hear you like that from Cat a hundred dag on time right. was terrible. But we were up 17 to 7 in this ball game. That point, they were, you know, one of the you know, number two seed and one of these top-tier teams, and we shut them down. But again, it was our mistakes that gave them the ability to get back in that game and win it. That's the one. That Titans game that I was at to well, it's gonna haunt me. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna haunt me because that one to me, even with everything that had happened that game, my game, my guy Deami Brown falls out and gets himself in the end zone. Everything that I saw, it just it still comes back to that last drive because the clock management on that drive was poor. Us even driving down there, a couple plays that we might like, they could have very easily been shut down that we don't even have an opportunity to get down the field. But then you get all the way down the field, and and I mean, I like I, I videotaped it. I sent, I showed that to you. Carson just looked his one way the whole entire time. It wasn't even a pan. It wasn't. It was just a frustrating thing, and the, the ended that way. There were too many of those games that I felt like we do have talent. We can put it together at times. We've said Ben, but don't break all year, and I think our defense impressed me because we were. Very young in the secondary and very uh, limited at linebacker, but we were able to hang with a lot of these top teams and we were doing good, but we just could not get it done when we needed to get it done. And that is something that really is frustrating me because of the fact that we, we talk about the talent we have and I know, you know, the line and everything's been an issue, but you know, there's certain moments where it, you need those teams that are in the playoffs right now, they make, the necessary wins. When Dallas loses a game, what did they do to Minnesota? They put up 40 on them, held them three. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? When teams lose, then they come back those next couple weeks and ball out. I felt like we had a couple games where we were able to come back and get the dub, but these last three weeks, it's like it's like as soon as everybody got built up and get got hyped and let oh, seven five and one, here we are seven to five, here we go. You tie, go on a bye week and then come out worse than you were at before mm-hmm. the bye week and losing to the Giants. And we just couldn't get it together after that. It, it just, it, it's the, the word of the taste frustrating for me because yes, we went eight, eight and one. Yes, we did decently. Well, there was bright spots. Absolutely. 
But when you think about the momentum we had, we should be in at least the sixth or seventh spot right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I'm frustrated, man. I'm frustrated by it. But what what what's some positives? Let's get some positives on what how the season was. Oh man, I had some more negatives. Can I, can I, can I go back? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, I, I think. <coughs> sorry, you gave up. You brought up a great point about the buy, and the whole point of of we came off a bye week against the same exact opponent, and our game plan plan didn't change, mm-hmm. and theirs did. We yeah. we pointed out what they did differently from the first game to the second, and how they attacked us and took away things. And, and, and we just kind of just said, well, this is our bread and butter. And, and you talk about frustrating. That's, that's part of it is the fact that we had this, this team that was set up where we could not overcome mistakes. Yeah. The only game that I really can sit here and say that I was like proud of us watching was when we went to that, with that Monday nighter in Philly, mm-hmm. you know, where I was like, man, we're, we're, we're dominating these guys. We are right. physically yeah. abusing these guys. And yet, you know, most of the other games, it's like, oh, if we, you know, not only would we have lulls in, in each game, but when we would have mistakes, it's like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know if we're going to be able to surpass this, you know. Right. And, and also the fact that we went 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, you also got to recognize that it could have been worse. I mean, yeah. The, yes. the Bears game, we stopped them at they the lost one. Them. The yeah. Falcons game, we knocked the ball up in the air like – we, they also got really, really fortunate to win yep. those eight games. So we could have been teetering. Now, if you want a positive, um, <laughs> you got to give, you know, the, the fact that the team, you got to give the team credit for the fact that they started off, you know, in a, in a downward swing. They brought themselves out of it. They got to seven and five. That's a, that's a whole testament to the team. Absolutely. The week 18, the fact that, you know, most Redskin teams, under Mike Shanahan, under Jay Gruden, by the end of the season, if they were kind of out of it, or even if we weren't, we had a game against the Giants, win and you're in, and we played clunkers, you know? Mm-hmm. And Ron's team didn't do that. So you do also have to give some some positives there. Um, and I think we, you know, Nathan brought up are there bright spots, uh, bright spots, are there strides? I think we, we've brought in some more pieces. You know, I think we've seen Brian Robinson is a player to build around. He's a running back to feature you know, mm-hmm. next season. Jahan Dotson was a home run draft pick, Absolutely. you know, to fit with yes. Terry, um, you know. And, and so so that type of stuff, we've got some pieces in, in place. The, the defense made a comeback this year. Yeah. Our defensive line played a lot better. I even saw, you know what, on, on Sunday, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Chase Young on a play allowed Montez Sweat to be the guy who made the play. He started yep. rushing. He stopped and held his ground. He let his teammate come from the backside to get the stat. You know, exactly. and I, that's what we were talking about last year that didn't happen. He would just keep rushing. So the defense made made a, you know, some improvements this year. Still got some work to do there, but but they bounced back after a pretty bad 2021 season. So there were some some positives definitely. It's just you and I see more potential, and we just didn't yes. reach that potential. Yes, yes, and and it's like you said. I mean, not even not even just turnovers, but penalties, any any loss of yardage, anything. We could not overcome that, and it showed. It showed a lot throughout the season, and even and going back to you talking about our wins, you go back to that Colts game. You know that Colts game. Whoa. That that deep ball to to Terry McLaurin. If that doesn't happen, if that goes like we think it's going to go. We lose to a terrible Colts team. So yeah. there was a number of these games where you were 
frustrated. And then you go to the Eagles game and you're like, here we go. But to your point, I, I number one for me was the resiliency. Obviously, there's been a lot of chatter about the coaches are terrible, the coaches are this, that, that. From the beginning, this year could have been derailed. And ladies and gentlemen, we can go all the way back to uh, the, you know, the OTAs and everything when Jack Del Rio came out and said, you know, you know, it wasn't, you know, things about January 6th. Oh, yeah, it was a dust up, this and that. So we can, and that could have easily, mm-hmm. you know, destroyed the season even before it started. But Ron Rivera made sure everybody was in. He Jack Del Rio addressed the team and we moved on. Sam Mills, the third earlier in the year, we could have easily kept him and just overlooked that. But they got him out because it didn't gel with the players. We weren't down one in four. We barely beat the Bears. We basically came out of that game as a loss. And we lost our quarterback. But we still continue to play, even with the backup. So I, I feel like our resiliency this year was amazing. Now, I do think when we got to seven, seven and five, we started to believe our own height. And then it just kind of bed you know what i mean mm-hmm. it just went downhill from there but i mean to your point man our defense that been don't break became more of a you know maybe a little lean like we played tough one of the things that i thought was huge and one of the moves going back to getting people out of here we got out william jackson the third we mm-hmm. made that move but i thought that's that's a, that's humbling to be like we made a mistake we misjudged or we you know we thought he would be good for this or and you know it didn't work out they were able to then get rid of him, and you and I both talked. The communication was so much better. Yeah. Our secondary is extremely young. We talk, we discussed that a lot this year, especially recently with a lot of these rookies getting in there. And I'm going to tell you, in this game, that secondary came correct, with the exception of the drive right before the half. Mm-hmm. Like our secondary was shutting it down, and I love that. I think mm-hmm. that that's that's key because that has been the issue all year. I mean. We know our D line is is it, and our our linebackers. When when we had our guy Cole Holcomb in there, we're you know we're getting it done per se. But our secondary has been strong. I, I got to tell my guy Cole. Holcomb. Let's go. I got to bring him back. Let's go. <laughs> but our secondary has we we've been getting torched over the top in in almost every game, and and in late in the later last couple of games, even though we weren't getting the dubs, we weren't getting torched. This last game, CD didn't get behind us like he did a lot in that first right. game. Right. You know what I mean? That was huge. And that's something that we've really been complaining about a lot this year is our secondary. And the fact that they showed up and kind of turned that thing around, that to me was huge. That's something that you can build on. We didn't have St. Juiced. Cam Curl was out for he – was, he was injured at two different points yeah. of the season. Mm-hmm. I, and we still were able to kind of come together and play well. So I – there we go. I, I like that because that's that says that these are we're all things that you can build on going yeah. into the future, going into the offseason. Very much. I mean, it's good. The the positive is we can spell out very quickly the places we need to improve. Yeah. Linebacker, we need another corner, we need yeah. offensive line. You know, so it it's not it makes it so you would think that they can figure out what where their issues are too and attack it through free agency and through the draft, knowing that we're not gonna have as much cap space as we did last year, but we are going to have, you know, the 26, $28 million that come off the books when Carson's, you know, get, gets released, you know, so we can reallocate that, you know, and, but also trying to figure out, you know, what, what, you know, will all depend on what they do with Deron Payne and, and what does he get, but our deficiencies are very easy to pinpoint. So let's yep. fix them. Then. 
Yeah. <laughs> we need to. We absolutely need to. Um, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty much right in there. Uh, are you good with this? Mm-hmm. Are you good with our thoughts? I'm ready to talk coaches, man. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. And look, ladies and gentlemen, we will dive into more of this. Since the offseason has begun, we're going to start talking roster construction, free agency, the draft, mm-hmm. all of these things. So definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, but uh, wait a minute. I want. I do want. I do want to talk about this. He said, "I predict they will sign Deron Payne." We've talked about it all year how they've been. He's been playing like he wants money, and yeah. there's several reports that says he's not shy about saying he's he not. wants his contract. So, what do we do? I mean, can we afford to not pay the man, or what do you think is going to happen? I think the best bet they might get is bringing getting him on a franchise tag. Mm. Is getting him to come back for a year. I don't know if they'll if they'll be able to get him long term. So I'd love for them to surprise me with that. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I think is going to be if Duran wants to stay here. Brandon Sheriff did not. They went after him last year, and he said, uh-uh, uh, "I've been around here." And think about it. Duran Payne went from Alabama, where he barely lost, to he's been in Washington for five seasons, and he's made the playoffs one time. Yep. Is this where he really wants to play? Does he want to say, "I'm 25 years old"? I, yeah, I want to play here for the next four or five years. You know, my coaches might get fired the following year, and then who knows what's going on. Or can he go somewhere else, get paid, and and try out a, a different team? So we'll, I hope that, that they re-sign him. I kind of feel like they've got something going there with Allen and Payne, even more so than years past. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only way to do it is franchise tag. We shall we shall definitely see. I do know that having uh, Jonathan Allen there, having maybe bringing back John Bostic, you got and then Brian Robinson. You got these Alabama guys. John maybe, Bostic's not from Bama. Did is he? he? Oh, where, no, no, where did he, did he go to no. FSU? Oh, that's on me. My bad. I don't think Bostic, so. Who's the other guy? Didn't we have three guys on defense? We had Reuben Foster. He's long gone. Oh, that's, that, <laughs> no, that's not. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about somebody else. But yeah, I think John yeah, Bostic Brian might have been Florida actually. He might have been college career, University of Florida. I feel like we had this conversation before. Probably. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's other Bama players, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is, yeah, there's other, and I mainly, um, Jonathan Allen and that yeah. their friendship and their connection. I think that hopefully, you know, he'll he'll want to stay with him. I mean, they are a tandem in that middle. Um, and and I, I think you know, with the threat of Jonathan Allen and how he's played. Deron Payne has been able to play off that really well. Then you got Sweat, and then next year, hopefully a healthy chase. I mean, it would be a formidable front four if he does stay, but it's not going to be cheap, like you said. Right, it's going to be very expensive. So we shall definitely see. But ladies and gentlemen, we are in the offseason, and certain things have happened. And one of these things is something we've been talking about for a while. We're going to talk about this coach discussion, but I'm not even going to title it that. I'm going to title it Scott Turner Got Fired. Let's go. (laughs) Bang, bang. And look, I'm just going to go with this last game. One of the things that that frustrated us all year long, and it's been we've been talking about it, especially the last recent weeks, it seemed like Scott Turner didn't do what worked at times. Like sometimes he'd do things that worked well, and you're like, oh, man, this is perfect. And then you're like, what? Like, what are you doing after that? Even in this game, you have momentum. Uh, Sam is throwing the ball on time. He's getting it to his guys. He's running a lot. And it was just like they kind of flip-flopped. 
you that bootleg was working amazing. They had that going a couple times, but it just you like you're not you're not calling it enough. Like what it it frustrates me because it's the same thing that we've been consistently seeing year in and year out from him. And the fact that he has his three quarterbacks, and you talked about Wentz being in there, and he just like like I, we said it last week. Wentz, if he's going to be here and he hasn't played all year, I don't care how much a vet he is, you still got to give him the easy stuff so he's able to maneuver, get that confidence, get those high percentage passes. I don't feel like he did that. I feel like he looked at it like you were like we were talking about. They looked at how he came in the San Francisco game and said, oh, it's clicked. He's got it. So let's just continue to do what we've been doing, which has not worked with him. So I just don't feel like Scott Turner kind of – New when to switch it, new when to kind of, okay, this is working, let's stick with it. You talked about him having the play sheet and the 15 scripted, and that was good. But then when it started to beat his, you know, his picks, it's like, no, what, no, what are you doing? And if I see one more five wide receiver shotgun set on a, a one yard, on a third and one, a fourth and one, there's a reason why dude's out of here. But this is your guy, man. So talk about him, man. How are you feeling about this? First, first? All right. Let, let me first say, he's not my guy. I know I defended him throughout the year. And, and honestly, I never really – I'm never a big fan of firing coaches midseason at, at any level. Unless, you know, I just – I don't know how much – I think you can get short-term success. You know, mm-hmm. look, Jeff Saturday won his first game as head coach of the Colts, and then they, and they went one and seven. You know, I think you can get a quick shot in the arm right there. But I don't really feel like it can be long-term success. And I'd rather see if someone's been with you from the beginning, find ways to tweak the, and, and work on what 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 worked and, and what didn't. But that's kind of the problem with Scott right there. I do think it I, – I was going into this show not expecting him to be fired on Tuesday. But I was going to say <clears throat> if any of these coaches go, I think Scott Turner is the one that probably needs to go, that we could use some new, some new blood in here, some new, new thinking. Part of it has to do with what you just said. It was the inconsistencies that we'd see out there. We would have times in every single game, we'd have lulls where we have stuff that's working and then we'd get away from it. And then we'd have these boring second and third quarters and all of a sudden, oh, shoot, fourth quarter, turn it back on. We got to get us. We got, we need a score. We need, we need to get a bigger lead, you know? And so that those inconsistencies, I think ultimately were, were what, what were his undoing. Um, I also think the fact here at the very, very, very end of the season, the fact that the report that came out in the Washington Post that players have said he he's got potential, but that he gets away from stuff that we're doing that that works successful, or that players were willing to speak out to reporters anonymously, that's a problem. Yep. You know that that that's a problem. I also think that if you notice towards the end, of, if you look at the whole seventeen game schedule, the the frustration that that people would have is he wouldn't get the ball to Terry early enough. He wouldn't get his main players involved, but also look at Curtis Samuel's season. He went from being heavily involved in the passing game for the first half of the season to not really being much of a feature passing game wise. Mm -hmm. He became more of a threat running and we saw the last three, four games. He won the threat running, you know, and it's like, okay, has everyone figured out, your tendencies you know so i think that that's concerning and 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 overall it was just too much up and down inconsistencies for me with scott turner to where i do think this is this could be a good thing for us um i will also say you gotta also remember he had 
nine quarterbacks in three seasons. And someone that I really respect nationwide has already said, don't, he said, Scott Turner wasn't the problem in Washington. Don't be surprised if his name uh, resurfaces for a job. And he also mentioned Turner could be an offensive coordinator candidate should Jim Harbaugh take the Broncos job, which I was shocked. And this guy doesn't put out names unless there's smoke there. You know, wow. so okay. I, I was totally shocked. So, but basically, he was saying he was like, Scott's got enough of a reputation where I think people say he shows the potential. He didn't, he didn't live it out here in DC, and he'll right. get another chance somewhere else um, at, at some point. But my question to you is, then you got my you got my barrage of names right before the show started. <laughs> now that we've done this, now that we have fired our offense coordinator, who is going to come in and replace him? Oh, that's the thing. I know I saw somebody said McVay might be out. And they, is he going to come over here for Ron? Probably not. You, you, Don McVay you, is probably out with the Rams, but he's going to take a year off. He can't. He's yeah, going to sit out for a time. You yeah. So I see some of the names <clears throat> that you did put on here. Um, Don't say him. I get to say him. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say any. <laughs> um, I, honestly. That's the question I was going to ask you, to be quite honest with you, because okay. I, too, did not expect him to be gone. I just thought that we were just going to stick with it. We don't normally make those moves. But this, like I said before, this has been a year where we have made the moves to get guys out. There are guys that used to coach here that we know McVeigh is one of them. Obviously, Shanahan's one of them. These guys aren't coming back. I don't know what that guy in, in uh, Green Bay. I don't know. that things. You know, if you couldn't do it with Aaron, you know, we'll see what happens there. But for me – I want us to get a guy that that maybe doesn't have a lot of the attention on him. Somebody that can come in to what we got going on is just, I'm ready to work. You know, as opposed to somebody that's his big name, public signing that everybody's like, oh, that's going to change our entire offense. No, get somebody in, especially with what um, Marty and Ron said about, you know, we're a run first and this is what we're, this is our identity type yeah. stuff. If you're going to say that, okay, then I don't want you to get some big guy that's this brilliant mind. Get somebody that's fitting your scheme because if that's what you're going to come out with. Then I expect you to get somebody like that. Um, but wh- wh- what direction do you think they're going to go in? Because I think run is where we're looking. We'll see. Here's the thing about it. This is where I kind of said, you know, had caution to the wind on if you get rid of Scott, what are you going to bring in? Now, I certainly say that, you know, I do believe this. This is slightly a political move. Hmm. If we're about to have a new owner, Ron needed to present something because there's no way he could go to this new owner um, and say, yeah, we're, we went uh, seven and nine and we went seven and ten and hmm. eight, eight and one. And I got yep. I brought the whole band back together next year. So he had to do something. And it's kind of like Scott was his scapegoat. Um, but, and, and so now he can say, but this will be my fourth year. This is what I brought in to, to, this is the changes we're going to make. Ready, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All very kind of her. Very kind. <laughs> going deep every play. Let's go. Right. Right. <laughs> so what, what the fans want, what we want is exactly what you talked about, Sean, the bright offensive mind, the, no, the guy that we don't know. And that we'd love to see. Um, Nate, uh, Nathan was talking about, I think he meant Mike LaFleur, mm-hmm. the Jets offensive coordinator that got cut, not the head coach of the, of the, the Bengals. The Packers. I mean, of the Packers, sorry. Yeah. But LaFleur comes from San Francisco. 
He comes from the Shanahan tree. That would be awesome. That's everyone's goals. Okay, what teams are doing some innovative stuff, you know, up in Buffalo, up in San Francisco? You know, who can we get? You know, San Francisco has a guy named Bobby Slowick, former Mm -hmm. Redskins coach. He was the (laughs) son of one of our coaches. You know, he's their passing game coordinator. That's the type of name that you say, oh, yeah, let's bring some of that that, that, uh, mindset, those schemes to D.C. with a – quarterback just like sam howell who can do some rpo who can do some play action who can do some boots that's the stuff that we want to see mm-hmm. however now i'm going to burst your bubble <laughs> we have a coach who in all likelihood we're going to have a new owner and ron rivera is basically on a one-year deal all mm-hmm. right yeah show up or you're gone yeah so i don't think you're going to get someone who's willing to go from passing game coordinator to a head coach knowing that I may only have one season to do this. Jay Gruden talked about that on, um, he was on Grant and Danny this, this week. And he's like, you know, guys also have to recognize if they're going to uproot their families, if they're going to join this organization through what is, what is the future for them? Um, He goes, but he also says, you know, coaches are, are egomaniacs. And he's like, I went to Jacksonville saying, well, I can do better. So I'll do better there. And then we'll be okay. You know, um, and J.P. Finley today on the radio, he said, you know, there's only 32 of these. Mm-hmm. So you can. I think you're looking at a retread. Uh, yeah. and, and and I think we're looking at the that doesn't excite me type type person. Because oh, yeah. the thing you got to remember, Ron likes to have some type of, you know, connection to people. You know, so you could be looking at someone like a Frank Reich. To come in as an offense coordinator, uh, Ron apparently knows Bill O'Brien pretty well. Who he did pretty good in Houston. Let's remind me of that. And you know, there's a lot of rumors that he's before, before he traded away, England. before he traded away DeAndre Hopkins. all his talent. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so he looks good. Is he, is yeah. he at Alabama? And he, he's, he's at Alabama see. right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Pat Shermer is a guy who has been a two-time head coach, but he got it based on what he did as an offensive coordinator. Did we have his son last year? What's that? Kyle Kyle Shermer was on our practice squad. So you're seeing the connections. There you go. Ron is (laughs) all about about connections. (laughs) It's true. Um, The the thing that concerns me, though, is the the names, two names that from Carolina during his time that I'm like, ugh, we might get someone like Mike Shula. You know, that ain't gonna, that, yeah. good. that's not going to get anyone excited or Rob Chudzinski was with, was in Carolina with him. So, you know, so I think we gotta be, gotta be, be careful. I would love for them to, to kick the tires with Pep Hamilton. He yeah. was the offensive coordinator in Houston with Lovey. And now you can't really judge based on that talentless team, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's been around a couple other places, you know? And so like I said, it's going to be a, a list of folks who I don't think we're going to get that huge name that everyone gets excited about. And you're just going to have to hope also, as you mentioned and Jack mentioned, this team wants to be run first. They got to get yeah. someone who's willing to run the ball a lot. Cause I think Scott Turner had a problem with that. I think yep. Scott Turner threw the ball more than Ron would have liked. Oh yeah. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. And then I think the X factor to all of this is when you talk about uprooting your family and wanting to go to an organization you know, you, you want an organization that has integrity. And a lot of people are going to wait to see what happens with Dan Snyder. They do not want to come in here and be a part of that stuff. And then, you know what I mean? And then you got the one the potential one year. And I'll be honest with you. If we go one and four or one and five again next year, I think he's out then. 
I don't think they give Ron a full set, a full 18 if he struggles early, just because we know, you know, your leash is short now. You've had three years. We've seen what you've done, but it's going to be interesting. So I, I, I want to see what happens. And I know they're probably looking at what happens this offseason as far as, you know, who's going to be the owner. And let's go ahead and kind of get into this discussion. Who's going to potentially be the coach? You know, Scott Turner was, yes, he was the first ghost first to get the ax, but we've heard it in, in several group chats where certain people have made us aware that the uh, coaching staff as a whole is uh, dumb, unintelligent, yeah. maybe not mm-hmm. with it. Um, what I'll say is that we were one and four. Te- technically one and five, but the record said two and five, two and four because we beat the daggone, uh, beat the Bears. We were awful. We were at that point, you and I, we were just like one more loss and I, I'm i good. I'm good looking at the draft picks. I wouldn't have had a problem being the Texans. Like we were that close to that. Mm-hmm. And then Ron brought us together amid all of these things. Our star rookie running back got shot before mm-hmm. the season. Our number one draft pick from a couple years ago did not play until what, week 16? You know what I mean? You, our starting quarterback that we paid all this money for was out. They had so many issues and breakdowns and, and struggles that really could have easily, each one of those could have derailed the team. But not only were we in the hunt, we took out the the undefeated uh, Philadelphia Eagles and, and derailed their kind of their run that they had. We sat there and were in almost every game. Now, later in the season, they, they kind of took us out of some games, but – I, I just don't think you go away from what we got at head coach and Ron Rivera, at least not right now, or at defensive coordinator. Because we've said all year that defenses were, were bend but don't break. And like I mentioned, alluded to earlier, we've gotten better. Our defense with the injuries we had, Ridgeway came out of nowhere and has been balling this year. We've seen some of these younger Danny Johnson and the Reeves and some of these guys that, you know, might not be starters elsewhere. We fit them in the system and they have been showing up. If we could get a full 18 from uh, St. Juice, he could turn into that lockdown corner as we've been trying to, you know, trying to put him on yeah. other main guys. It's we he it, there's got to be something said for guys that are able to hold their team together amid everything that we've gone through. And this is not a, a normal franchise. We've got a lot of stuff, especially coming from up top and yeah. then going down. I mean, in the last, what, four or five years, we've had three three different names. You know, <laughs> Redskins, football team, command. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, and it's, it is humorous, but at the same time, you know, you're you a professional. You got to go, hey, what's your name this week? Well, we're the football team. Well, we're the commanders. Well, we're, you know what I mean? Like this, it's, you talk, we joke about identity. We didn't have one, you know? And so- all of that stuff that's going on, the first year went going one and uh, one and seven, and then making it to the playoffs, albeit the division was bad. Last year having that four game win streak, this year going with the backup and a bunch of young guys, I just feel like you got it. He deserves that chance, so we have to stay where we're at. Now, do you think we need to go elsewhere, or what do you think about the coaching? I don't even think it's a it's a it's an option. There's no way that Dan Snyder is going to pay for a a salary of a head coach. Ron's got two more years on his contract. Dan Snyder's not going to, if he's selling this team, he's not going to pay coaches to go away. 
you know, so the fact that he was willing to to sign off on the Scott Turner, because Scott Turner signed an extension last year, is enough to say that those are all the changes that we're going to say. I have less of a problem with Ron as the head coach, and I've got more of a problem with Ron as this coach-centric, I am the de facto football team president. Everything goes through me. My general managers come through me. That's where I think he's sort of failing, which, mm-hmm. shocker, how many coaches actually make it? in that role. I think Bill Belichick may be the only one who consistently can be in that role and, and put him be able to do both sides, you know, pretty well. But, you know, so Ron is a personnel side is not really getting it done, but from a coaching standpoint, while I, I do have a lot of concerns about his old school philosophy, Ron was his, his way of, of, of coaching is would have been great in the nineties. You know, yeah, yeah. in the two thousands, he's just like Marty Schottenheimer. You know, yeah. run the ball, run the ball, run the ball for first down. Now run yep. the ball, run the ball. Okay, now throw the run ball. It again. You know right. what I mean? You know, it's like he wants that, and and that that isn't the way the league's going. It's it's kind of why I was trying to poo poo our offensive coordinator op- options because I don't think the brightest minds that are in San Francisco and LA are going to be like, oh, there's a job open in Washington. Oh, yeah, yeah let me go there. You know, but I do think there's something huge about Ron's ability to connect with players. Go look back a couple weeks ago, that Pro Bowl video, not just the Jeremy Reeves one getting emotional, but the other players there, you know, Tress Way interacting with his coach and then them seeing, you know, pretty close. And and there's a respect there between Jonathan Allen there, you know, so that part is huge. You know, the fact that he's able to. Um, you know, he the, people talk about his his records in Carolina not being very successful, but he also was sort of like he was here in D.C. He, his teams didn't suck either. You yeah. know, they they exactly. could win six, seven games. They could win eight games. They could win. But, you know, he has the ability to to mold a team together. So I think while I'm concerned about his old school philosophy. I also think he's building a team and we may have a quarterback in here next year, whether that's Howell or somebody else where running the ball is going to be best for them because limiting the amount of times they have to process and and make decisions out there may be our, in our best interest and relying on our defense who did improve. Yes. Is our recipe for success overall where we, we want to have the defense leads the way, the offense gives enough points to win the game. So from a coaching standpoint, Ron obviously should be back next year. He's going to be back next year. Um, it's it's the, the personnel side. Um, I got more to talk about the defense, but I need to take a break and talk and give you a chance. <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and answer. He said that was my question from earlier. Does Wright and Mayhew have more input this offseason? I mean, well, even if they do, Ron still is – yeah, well, Jason Wright has no 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 part of the football operations. He's completely right. business He's side. marketing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Martin Mayhew, you you hope that they're on the same page on what to do. And but that's my concern. Is, so I, I made a I made a face when you talked about uh, St. Juice playing all eighteen games because in two seasons now he's played a one full season of play. Right. So it's like we have like I I love Benjamin St. Juice. I think he's a huge talent, and I think he should be a starting corner next year. We have to have someone who can step in when he inevitably gets hurt. Exactly. Because I, it can't be as much as I've enjoyed seeing Danny Johnson improve. I can't. It can't be going into next year with Danny Johnson and Christian Holmes as our three and fourth quarterbacks. Right. We gotta improve this roster. We saw what's gonna happen with when when a linebacker goes down, and Cole Holcomb missed half the season. 
and we were playing David Mayo, and then this Hudson guy comes out of nowhere and, and plays well. But well, where has that been? You had linebacker depth that we knew. You know, the biggest flaw that this this team made was you brought in a quarterback who needed time in the pocket and is a statue, and you went cheap as dirt on the offensive line, getting two older guys who've been allowed to leave by other teams. Huge player personnel mistake. And so that that's my bigger thing is like, yeah, they can make more moves, but they have made blunders in each of the last two off seasons. William Jackson the third and the offensive line that has been severely detrimental to our team. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I hijacked that question. Anything you would oh, like good. to add? No, no, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's the thing. My, I mean, you, you made the point right there is that they have been in the position. They have, you know, at least Mayhew, and, and this is what we've got. You know what I mean? To that point about Ron, though, before, part my favorite part about that video, especially with Reeves, is that obviously comes in, gives the embrace, but he said, Coach, you know I'll run through a wall for you. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know that. That look, that's that, that, that's what I love about football. That's why I went to coaching. I had kids that said that, like, I will go toe-to-toe, you know, with anybody for you, Coach. You know, I believe in you, that type of thing. When you have that, and I understand it's a business, I understand, you know, the NFL is, you know, for other stuff, but when you have that type of thing, that's something that you can build on. That's something that you can, okay, if we can – Put people in here to get this thing working, and, and which is why I wish we would. He wouldn't be in that sole control thing because it is okay. My way, I know what I'm doing, but it, it ain't been working. It, it ain't been working consistently, right? You know, you've been able to get it, and we've seen, you know, just like you did in Carolina. But let's be honest, with the exception of that 15 and one year, they were seven, eight, and one. They were, you know, having subpar type seasons. So yeah. we know he can get you here. But we need he help to get up there. Yes, right. exactly. So and, and so that's where it is. And, and I think this is going to be a year to just kind of figure out, you know, uh, this. There, I think this is the year that we just kind of figure out. Can he take us there? Where are we going? Right. Yeah. And and, and I, it has to be cutthroat this year. It ha- I think it has to be. It does the pressure you're needs to be do on? This or you're going to do that. Like mm-hmm. we can't keep saying, okay, well, well, let's wait for the fifth year. No. We have been here. We've seen he keeps getting up here. If you lose, if you get six games, you're done. I don't – if you just went six because you've gotten seven and, and and eight. Okay, I need I need double digits. I need us right. to be safely in the playoffs where we're even at least considering maybe sitting some guys in the last week, kind of where Dallas was. Right, And, and right. We, we have the talent and we have been able to show that we can do that, but we, we got to do it consistently. This next year, this is it. Right. This is it. So – I agree. I agree. I wanted to touch on Jack Del Rio. You know, you keep bringing up the the bend but don't break. It's been our theme for the year, and and it's one hundred percent right. I think Jack Del Rio deserves to come back this year. I thought he was on the chopping block, you know, yeah. this season, and I think he did. He made improvements. The defense made a ton of improvements throughout the year, and went back to that twenty twenty season of of where we were, you know, the defense led our team, you know, the, the, our, our great defensive line played so much better this year. Payne had himself a career year, you know, Allen had, you know, coming off, getting, you know, getting some big money, another great season. Mm-hmm. Montez sweat made plays. They all kind of bought in. You said it a couple, we had a couple guys that came in and made some plays. John Ridgeway has been a, someone to keep on. 
Casey Tuhill was making some plays out there and yeah. it's kind of developing and shows that he's athletic and, and is a solid, you know, backup player. So I enjoyed seeing that. I just want to see more turnovers. And yeah. maybe it's because yeah. we just don't have the personnel. We've got good players out there, uh, you know, in, at linebacker and DB, but not great ball hawking guys. And pardon me, had, had Kendall Fuller not had another pick six, I was going to come into this saying, Jack needs to change his philosophy to stop with this all this zone crud, and he needs to start playing man defense so we can get these corners that are good in it in college. Specific man guys. guys. Right. And, yeah. That's, you know, because like this corner stuff, hey, we ain't getting turnovers, and then we get a pick six, right, you know, right. in the game. But I want to, I do want to see some more pressure, some more, uh, you know, turnovers being generated by our defense. And like I said, maybe it's a situation where, we need a we need one or two more playmakers on the field yeah. to to let that happen, and then that's what we're still we're still lacking, and that can, that can be you know hopefully be fixed this off season. But I do well, I think Del Rio deserves to come back. I don't think it's a question there either. No, oh yeah, well yeah, it's right. Like again, a theme that we'll be talking about this off season is roster construction because one of the things even we talked about beginning of this year, you know, Kerrigan they they brought him in to kind of help out with some of the players, but. There is we I don't think at right now we have a player that has a been here for you know what six seven eight I know we got Jonathan Allen has been here for five and Deron but like six seven eight years and that's been a part of a, a, a championship or who knows the ropes you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's why I love that we brought in uh, Zanita, uh, Ganita um, you said it right yeah I did I did I've been practicing let's go. That's why I'm glad we brought him in and then Kerrigan because these guys are vets. These guys have played and been to the playoffs and, you know, getting in the the Super Bowl. That is kind of what we need. But now let's get somebody like that on the field. You know what I mean? Even when you talk about with quarterback, we don't really have an older guy to do it. We need to get somebody maybe like a Fitzpatrick to come there and be your bench guy and says, all right, this is what you're going to say to them. This is what if you if you see this, go to that. You know what I mean? That can tell you the ins and outs. Where at the same time, they don't the Howell or Heineke or whoever's starting does not have to worry about his job being in jeopardy so that he has to do too much. You yeah. know what I mean? We yeah. need somebody in there that's sitting there talking to the guys and calming them down in situations. When when Gibson had his fumbling issues, we need an older running back saying, Hey, tuck it up here. Let me let me show you a little ins and out, something different. We need that veteran leadership because I feel like in the grand scheme of things, we still are very young. Very. You know what I mean? So th- that is one of the things, and that's where I think there is somewhat of a disconnect between Del Rio, who played in the 80s and 90s, and Rivera, who played in the 80s and 90s, who are used to that eye form and heavy run, you know, Walter Payton and, and, and um, you know, Darren Nelson. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of some 80s running backs for those teams and whatnot. Um, but that's what they're used to. And, and I do kind of agree with people that are saying maybe they are a little stuck in that and they were stuck a little bit in the past. We need something to bridge that gap. Somebody that can relate to the old, yeah. but that can also sit here and, and get the young on the same page. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's kind of where I I'm at on this, but I, I agree. JDR needs to stay. Ron Rivera needs to stay, but let them get in that seat. And you start putting that, that heater up under that seat and each loss, you turn that thing up just a little bit yeah. and let them know. It's time. Oh, pressure is going to be on next year for everyone, for sure, especially if we have a new owner. You know, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, we are so, so appreciative of you being here with us, watching us uh, talk about this team. And again, we did beat the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Janae was saying, Sean, you don't, you don't want, you don't want anymore. You know what? I still we want Dallas. I don't care what to, what they didn't play. We're we still manhandle y'all. Get out of here. We got them Let's doubting go. themselves. We we got them going. They're going to Tampa Bay this this Monday night. I think it is oh, going. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. What are we about to get into? We just play like trash up in DC. Right. What are we about to do? And their last, if I'm not mistaken, their last two losses were on the road and in overtime, and they kind of played down to their opponents. So, hey, look, Dallas, I, I, all I'm going to say, don't lose this game. Because if you thought it was bad last year when you had 14 seconds left, woo, this year's going to be a year. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Yo, but ladies and gentlemen, we are going to let you guys go. Uh, for me, Mr. Sean Spencer, that's my guy, Mr. Will Kramer. Um, actually, this is the end of uh, the season for, for this. So the this is one. this is uh, episode 15 of season three. When you see us again, it'll be our off-season part, and that's when we kind of go into a new season. So season four will be coming up pretty soon. It, it's been nice, Will. It's been, it's been a long season. It's been nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a lot to be excited about. At least they gave oh, us yeah. that. They did. They absolutely did. So, look, hey, for myself, Sean Spencer, my guy, Mr. Will Kramer, we're going to uh, take you guys out the only way we know how. Peace, people. Stand up, left hand up. Who are we?